in Matthew chapter number 15. Now, if you picked up one of the lessons, if you picked up one of the lessons, what's the title today? Oh, y'all love that, don't you? Come on, let's try it again. Say it again. Now, I know what your first initial response to that is. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, but before you answer the question, let's hear the sermon. Amen. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I've, I've been convicted. Uh, God has really been working on my heart. And there's, you know, there's, there's certain areas I think some of us or all of us can be hypocritical in. And, and we've got to be real, real careful and not be a hypocrite. And we're going to, we're going to look at several things today. And, uh, so let's look in Matthew chapter 15. In verse number one, when you get there, say amen. amen. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem saying, why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded saying, honor thy father and mother and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, it is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father or mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Ye, ye hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah say of you, saying, this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain, in vain, they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended? We're living in a society where everybody feels like they have the right not to be offended. But guess what? Jesus was very offensive. On purpose. Anyway, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Amen. What would Jesus do? Well, he would offend people. Anyway, let me just move on. After they heard this saying, but he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted up. Let them leave them alone. Stay away from them. They be blind leaders of the blind. He just keeps on, don't he? And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall in the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, declare unto us this parable. He didn't really care about the Pharisees. He wanted to know about that eating stuff. He wanted to know more about that because he even struggled with it in the book of Acts, which is later on, you, you, you'll get that. And Jesus answered, are ye also without understanding? Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draw. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the, the heart and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. 
These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you'll help us today. I thank you for being God. I thank you for being my friend. I thank you for being faithful. I thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us, even the things we don't even realize or remember. I pray right now that you'll please help me to help them, help us to help each other. Lord, edify your people this morning. Help us to be better Christians today than we were yesterday. Help us to be better tomorrow than we were today. I pray that you, Lord, don't let me forget anything I should say. And Lord, Lord, don't let me say something I shouldn't. God will thank you and praise you and give you the glory and the praise and the honor for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Am I a hypocrite? I want to, I want to read something real quick before we begin, just to kind of give us some things to think about. Because nobody thinks, nobody thinks they're a hypocrite. I mean, I think that might be the worst thing you could ever say to somebody or, or accuse somebody of. I mean, you might, it's almost like calling somebody a liar. You know, a hypocrite is one who wears a mask. And sometimes if you ask somebody, <clears throat> what is a hypocrite? What is a hypocrite? Especially in the culture we're living in today, uh, people say, I don't want to go to church. It's full of hypocrites, right? And, and what they're meaning by that, their idea of a hypocrite is this, someone who gives somebody else rules that they won't follow, right? In other words, you do this, but, but I'm not going to. That's that To them, that's a hypocrite. And we think hypocrites, that's what we think of. But do you realize that, 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 that you could give somebody else rules or regulations to follow and you follow those same rules and regulations, but you can still be a hypocrite? You can still be a hypocrite. And, and I'm going to show you what I mean. I'm going to show you what I mean. Uh, he, he, listen, listen to this. One of God's supreme commands is, ye shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. How many of y'all would agree with that? That command obviously prohibits profanity. Or vulgarity in which the Lord's name is used. It also obviously prohibits flippant, irreverent use of his name. But more than those obvious things, watch this now. It also forbids any use of God's names that is superficial, indifferent, insincere, or hypocritical. It has been said, it has been said that God's name is taken in vain more often inside the church than outside. His name is taken in vain whenever it is mechanically used in repetitious prayers and liturgies, in singing his praise while having no thought of him, and in praying thoughtlessly and without genuine devotion. His name is taken in vain through empty worship, perhaps more than any other way. Hypocritical worship was among the worst offenses of ancient Israel. The Lord declared through Isaiah, now this is a paraphrase of Isaiah 1, Bring your worthless offerings no longer. Incense is an abomination to me. Your new moon and Sabbath, the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity in the solemn assembly. I hate your new moon festivals and your appointed feasts. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, even through your multiplied prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. What's he saying? Now, all of those things were described and prescribed by God to worship. In other words, they were doing all the right things. They were singing all the right songs. They were going through all the right mechanical motions, but it was making God sick. 
Why? It was hypocritical. It was taking God's name in vain. In other words, they were were living one thing out there and coming in and going through the motions. Going through the motions. Singing, oh, how I love Jesus while thinking about being on the lake. Now let's be careful. Am I a hypocrite? Do I come into God's house and, and, and that is supposed to be dedicated and committed to Him, a time where we glorify and magnify and dedicate it to Him while thinking about everything else? That's hypocritical. That's being a hypocrite. That's wearing a mask. That's putting something on. Are y'all with me? Man, it's quiet, isn't it? I think you're feeling what I've been feeling. A challenge, a conviction. You know, we look at the Pharisees. This is a real religious crowd. Here's the situation. Here's the situation. There's a confrontation that takes place. And, and let me just kind of explain what's going on, and then we'll get to the, we'll get to the points, all right? Uh, you have Jesus who is ministering, and he's serving, and he's here. If you go into the chapter 14, you'll find out that, that, that people are coming to be healed, and I mean, he is just doing an incredible ministry to the point that they're just touching the hem of his garments and being healed. Would y'all agree that's some good stuff? I mean, he's doing great things. He's doing great works, great ministry. Yet the religious crowd sends an envoy from Jerusalem to Galilee. And here's what happens. He begins to, and and they're just trying to find something to wreck Jesus. They're trying to find something to accuse him of uh, because they got to discredit what he's doing. Because he has become a danger to their way of life. He's become a danger to their religious system. And so here they go and they they observe something that takes place with Jesus and his disciples. And they say, hold up, right in the middle of his message, they say, hold up, why are your disciples breaking the tradition of the elders. Well, and, and, and to understand this, the scribes, let me tell you what the scribes were. Maybe that'll help us in the Pharisees. The scribes were people who would take, who would take and, and, and write out the scriptures. We find Ezra was probably the first scribe. And, and when they went into captivity, when they went into captivity, we've said this before, but when they went into captivity, uh, uh, there was a danger of becoming more like those who they were around than God's people. So they started writing out these scriptures and in writing out these scriptures, they begin to make comments on them, kind of like commentaries. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And, and so you have this much scripture and this much commentary. And those commentaries got more and more and more and more. And, and so what they called it was putting a fence around the law. In other words, here's what God said, but here's what we're telling you to do what God said. Does that make sense? If that don't make sense, let me put it this way. God says this is the rule, and man says these are the rules to help you keep that one rule. We're going to give you 978 things to do to make sure you don't break that one rule. Am I going anywhere with this? Y'all get this? In other words, you got to do this, 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 and this so you don't break this. And, and Jesus, they come to Jesus and they said, you're not washing your hands. Because see, this was the tradition. They would have, they would have somebody, they would have somebody, they would do it first. They would pour the, the, the water over their fingers and drip off of their wrists. And they had to let it drip off because, because now the water was unclean. The hands are purified, but the water is unclean. And then they would turn their hands over and they'd pour it again and let it drip off to purify their hands. 
And this was a big deal. This was a big deal. They had made such a big deal about this. They had made such a big deal that some rabbis would say that you would have eternal life because you are washing your hands. One rabbi that was in prison, one rabbi that was in prison was given just enough water to survive and he was using it to wash his hands instead of drinking and he said he would rather die than break this tradition. That's how big a deal it was. And they come to Jesus and they see that. They say, okay, we've got an accusation now. Why are you breaking the tradition of the elders? Well, Jesus turns around. Jesus turns around. He says, well, I tell you what, I got a better question. Why are you breaking the law of God by your tradition? Are y'all with me? And he begins to give me an illustration. You see, they had, they had a tradition that they had created. They had a tradition they had created that said that if you commit or vow something to God, all right, God said, God said, honor thy father and thy mother. Isn't that what God said? Honor thy father and thy mother. And, 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 but you say, you say, you see, this is the way it's described. It's called korban is what they called it. If I had a chair, if I had a chair or if I had an object or if I had a material possession or a set of money and, and, and I, I didn't want to help my parents with it, I would say I've dedicated this to God. I vowed it to God. And in their tradition, I wouldn't be obligated to take care of my parents. I could just say, hey, this is committed to God. But then I would have the right to use it until I was gone. What is it? It was a, it was a slick way of circumventing their responsibility to obey God's law to honor the parents. Are y'all with me? Now watch this. Watch this. You say, what's the big deal? If, if, even if they do have a bunch of rules to help follow God's rule, put a fence around the law, in other words, be, be even more strict or severe than what God was, that'll help us to stay right with God. There's only one problem with it. Anytime man gets his hands on something, he corrupts it. And so he created a law that didn't help him fulfill the law, but actually helped them disobey it. Are y'all with me? And boy, they didn't like that. They didn't like that. And so here we have this, here we have this problem. The disciples, they were a little nervous. You know, the disciples are wondering who's got the authority in this deal. They come to Jesus and said, uh, uh, I think, I, I think you offended them. Y'all see this? And Jesus, Jesus, he squares it away. He just goes on and just, just digs it in a little deeper. He said, they ain't even from God. God didn't even put them here. They're going to be rooted up. They're the blind leading the blind. Stay away from them. And he begins to explain and clarify what he is saying. And so this is what I want to do. I want to go down this list and describe some traits of a hypocrite. How many of you ever heard uh, the, 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 the thing, uh, you might be a redneck if... All right. If you now, I ain't gonna go there. I ain't gonna go there. That's kind of what this is. We might be a hypocrite if, and we'll just fill in the blank. All right. Here's the first thing. Here's the first thing. A hypocrite. A hypocrite is usually always trying to point out the fault in someone else. He's usually always looking to point out the fault in someone else. What, what is happening? Jesus is ministering. Jesus is doing good deeds. He is healing. He is blessing. I mean, he's doing what everything that is right. And what do they do? They try to find something that's wrong. 
Now, if you ever find somebody who is constantly pointing out the fault in somebody else, they are a hypocrite. If you find somebody is always posting what they see wrong with everything and everybody else, they are the hypocrite. I heard somebody say one time and, and type this out. We should hate the sin that is in our own life more than the sin that is in the lives of others. And boy, that's good. Amen. But they're always constantly trying to find, trying to find that fault that is in somebody else. I'm telling you what, what does a hypocrite need? He needs to get a mirror. It is me. It is me. It is me. Oh, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I'm telling you this. If 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 church people would learn that, it would drastically change everything. How about, how about Isaiah? How about Isaiah? What, what would change that? What would cause us to do that? It would be where we start focusing. If you look in Isaiah, the first few chapters of Isaiah, he is woeing everybody. Woe unto thee. Woe unto y'all. Woe, he, he's woeing and damning everybody. Everybody's wrong. Everybody's guilty. Woe unto this group. Woe unto that group. But then the Bible says in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And when he got a good glimpse of the Lord, you know what he said? Woe is me. And I'm telling you, something that would cure hypocrisy is quit comparing yourself to your neighbor and start comparing yourself with Jesus. And you'll find out you're not as in good a shape as you think you are. They were all high and mighty and high and lifted up, looking down on everybody and saying, you're, tra- you're, you're, you're transgressing. The, the, and I love this part. They were more concerned about their opinions and laws and preferences than God's. He said, you're transgression, transgressing the tradition of the elders. That's man. He said, but you're transgressing the law of God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, they're looking always to the faults of others. Look at the second thing. Look at the second thing we see. Number two. They're more concerned with outside ritual than inside purity. They're more concerned with outside ritual than inside purity. What do you mean? You see, ritual ritual requires no change of heart. No forsaking of sin. No repentance before God. It allows a person to display symbols of religion while holding on to his sins. It is religion of form. Say that with me. It is religion of form. The Bible says they'll have a form of godliness. It's a religion of form rather than faith and therefore is empty and hypocritical. Look how many times you see inward and outward described in Matthew 23 when he's talking about hypocrites. Woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, then that that is outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye ye are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanliness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but 
within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. What does that mean? What does that mean? When you're a hypocrite, when you are a religious Pharisee, it means you can, ladies, you can have a dress that goes all the way to the floor and all the way up to your chin. Men, you can have a three-piece suit on and your hair cut high and tight and yet have wickedness in your heart that nobody sees. And everybody on the outside thinks you're Johnny B. Good, but the, the Bible thinks or God thinks you're wicked as the devil. Because you can sit in church and sing Amazing Grace with a suit on and be in out with a grudge with your neighbor for years. I grew up in church. I'm qualified. Okay, I'm qualified to say what I'm fixing to say. I have seen some of the meanest people on the planet with an outward appearance that looked godly, but they were wicked as hell itself on the inside. Bitter, judgmental, looking down on everybody. And listen, they were able, they were able to judge or, or weigh in a balance themselves and other people by what you've seen on the outside. But they have a major problem because God doesn't look on the outside like we do. God looks at the heart. And when you're more concerned about, about what people think about you and about your reputation and about what it looks like and not what God can see on the inside, you are a hypocrite. Because God sees the inside. Now, if you go back, if you go back and, and, and read the Sermon on the Mount and all that we studied there, you'll find out that God keeps coming back to the heart. It comes back to the heart. It's not what you're looking like on the outside. It's not what everybody else sees. Everybody else can see one thing, but God sees the real thing. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Listen, a hypocrite. He, he, he's always looking to find fault in somebody else. He's more concerned with the outside ritual than the inside purity. And you could put here, he's more concerned about what man thinks of him than God. All right, now, number three. Number three. I like this one. We'll get offended when presented with truth. We'll get offended... When presented with truth, what did the disciples say? Uh, uh, Jesus, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but I think you offended them. Noah, Noah, like he didn't know, like he didn't do it on purpose. And by the way, by the way, this is how Jesus operates. If you notice how he deals with the common people and the highfalutin people, you see these scribes and Pharisees, these were the highly educated, highly sought after and looked up to. That's why the disciples are so nervous right here. And he treats them more severely because they walk around like you know something. And so what did he do? He offended them. I mean, offended the fire out of him, which really shouldn't have been an offense because he told the truth. truth. He told the truth. He said, you're worried about your own tradition, and yet you're breaking God's law by your tradition. Now, that shouldn't have been. Hey, if that was going on, that shouldn't have been offensive. Let me say it. Let me, let me read. Let me show you why. Let me show you why. Psalms 119, 165. Psalms 119, 165, look in your notes. Is it up here? All right, let's read it. Let's read it. Great what? 
Great peace have they which what? All right. And watch this. This is incredible. And say it again. How much? Nothing shall offend them. Now, if you've been given the truth and you got a problem, then it's your problem. Let me say that again. I just felt so good to say. If you've been given the truth and you've got a problem, then that's your problem. Are y'all with me? I've heard it said this way. The preacher, he's just, he just rubbing the cat the wrong way. No, he's not. The cat needs to turn around. Are y'all with me? Now, I've been, I've been given truth. I, I, I told y'all the other day, told y'all the other day, I was ranting and raving, carrying on, and, 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 and one of my staff members presented truth to me, and, 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 and it bothered me, and it showed I was a hypocrite. And I, I had to realize that's, that's the truth. Man, it, it broke my spirit, broke my heart. And I'm telling you, it hurt me worse that I was doing wrong than it, it was him rebuking me. And I thanked him for that. I apologized to the staff. Here's what we do if we come to church and the truth is being presented and you get offended. You need to get right. You don't need to go around spreading rumors or gossip to anybody else because that makes you a hypocrite. If somebody told you the truth, then, then I know it's going to hurt for a little bit. I'm not going to deny that. You might sulk up a little bit and soul up, but then get over it, get right with God and move on. Because if you get offended by every little thing, you're a hypocrite. Hypocrite. Boy, it's quiet today, isn't it? Is that not the truth? Did they get offended? Absolutely they got offended. And you know what? If you're constantly getting offended in church, you might need to check up. You might need to check up. We'll get offended when presented with truth. My buddy said something. Brian Edwards, we was talking the other day, we were talking about the times we're living in right now. And he said, this is a spiritual deal. Everything that we're seeing. And he said, the reason I know this is because you can tell the truth and it does not matter. You can lay out facts and it does not matter. We're living in a day when truth is irrelevant. Not only is it irrelevant, but truth offends and society will take up for the offended whether they're dealing with the truth or not. I don't know why y'all realize this, but we're in a mess. We're in a mess. All right, number four. We've got, we got so much to cover. Her, number four. They're always looking to point out fault in others. They're more concerned with outside ritual than inside purity. We'll get offended when presented with the truth. Can everybody see those so far? Watch this last one. They're destined for destruction. This is why we don't want to be a hypocrite. But he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father hath not planted shall be what? Rooted up. Now he's really comparing them to the, to the, to the, the wheat and the tares, right? He said, my father didn't put them here. They might be the religious clique that everybody's looking to, but they wasn't established by God. And, and by the way, by the way, be careful wrapping it up because we ain't done. We got a whole nother page. <laughs> he said, let them alone. Stay away from them. Leave them alone. Avoid them. They be blind leaders of the blind. 
And if the blind lead the blind, what's going to happen? Both shall what? Fall into the ditch. They're, they're destined to destruction. Destined to destruction. Now, can y'all agree with me on this statement right here? I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to. I don't want to be destined to destruction. I don't want to be a hypocrite in my life. You can be saved and born again and still be a hypocrite. All right. I, I want to be real. I want to be genuine. I want to be authentic. I don't want to have a surface religion. I don't want to care just to, for the outside and not the inside. I don't want to care just about what other people can see or what other people think of me. I want to, I want to know that God is smiling on my life. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, what do we do about this? How do we keep from being a hypocrite? How do we keep from going? And, and by the way, it is so, it is so easy to get mechanical. It is so easy to get in a routine and in a rut, especially when you've been doing this thing a long time. You know the songs, you know the phrases, you know the, you know the Christianese language, say amen. You, you know all of that stuff and it's so easy to just come in here and just go start going through the motions when the singing starts and your mind be a hundred miles away. What did, what did he say? How did he describe them? He says, I tell you what, Isaiah said it right. He gave a scriptural diagnosis of their situation. He said, they draw near to me with their, but their heart is what? And I'm telling you, sometimes I have to worship on purpose. I know some of you are not, you're not getting that. What, what do you mean worship on purpose? Brother Doug knows what I'm talking about. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, is these doors shut like they need to be? Is there, are the greeters where they're supposed to be? And I'm thinking about 50 other things that need to be going on when I'm supposed to be focusing on him. I even did it this morning. My mind started drifting this morning and I said, you're fixing to preach on this. Get back over here. <laughs> behold our God. When you were singing, behold our God, was you thinking about him? Are y'all with me? Man, we got to keep from being a hypocrite. How do we do that? How do we do that? How do we do that? Here's, here's how. First, number one. <clears throat> this is on the opposite page, by the way. We need to understand clearly. Say that with me. Say it again. He clarified, he clarified his statement. I, I love this too. This is really not in your notes, but this is kind of cool. All right, Jesus is saying here, they confront Jesus and accuse him of something, right? Why do you transgress the tradition of the elders? And he didn't even, he didn't even answer their question. He didn't even respond to their question. He just gave him a question of his own. Why do you break the command of God by your tradition? Watch this. And he doesn't say anything else to him. He just turns from him. And the crowd is sitting there. Come here, I need to teach y'all something. He, he didn't even try to explain. He didn't even try to clarify. He didn't even try to teach the hypocrites. He come over here and said, now I need you to understand what's going on here. I know what you just heard and I know what you think and I know what you've been taught your entire life. That your spiritual condition can be affected by the physical. You, you, can, you, can, you can affect your spiritual walk with God by washing your hands. He said, that's baloney. 
They've completely taken that wrong and out of context and misstrewed what God has commanded them to do. He said, that's garbage. A man is not, he's not defiled by what goes in the mouth. He's defiled by what comes out of the mouth. And, and then, and then Peter, he wants him to, he wants him to elaborate more on that situation. He said, can you explain that to us? He said, don't you get it? Don't you get it? He said, whatever goes in your mouth goes in the belly and then in the sewer. It's gone. It's eliminated. He said, let me tell you what messes people up and what corrupts people and what messes with their spiritual condition. It's what comes out of the mouth because what comes out of the mouth is what's in the... He said, it's a heart problem. These hypocrites have a heart problem. Their problem is not how much they wash their hands. Their problem is, is they've not examined their heart. The problem is not on the outside. The problem is not with the rituals. The problem is in the heart. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So we need to understand that clearly. Hypocrisy comes from the heart. Hypocrisy comes from the heart. Say it with me. How is your heart? Brother Dewan, you remember that song we used to sing for invitation all the time? When I was growing up in church, I, I was studying this. The whole time I was studying this, this song, this invitation song was going, Is thy heart right with God? How's your heart today? I'm not asking ladies if you're wearing what people think you need to wear to look godly. Men, I'm not asking you, is your hair cut, is your suit on? I'm not asking none of those things. I'm saying, how's your heart? How's the inside? How's your thought process? So I haven't murdered anybody. Have you thought about it? Do, do we need to go back to the Sermon on the Mount? I haven't killed anybody. But do you hate your brother? I have it. I have it. And you can name whatever you want to name. But do you have unforgiveness in your Let me tell you how serious God takes this. Let me tell you how serious God takes this. He, he takes what's in the heart very seriously. Not just what we do, but our intentions of why we do it. Do you remember, you remember the church in, in Revelation? The church of Ephesus? He said, you're laboring, you're toiling, you're not putting up with sin. I mean, he has a list that every pastor would be proud of. I'd have said, yeah, man. I like that description of this church. But then he said, but I have somewhat against thee. Uh-oh. He said, you've left your. In other words, you're doing it. But the reason you're doing it is wrong. They were doing it out of obligation and not adoration. They were doing it because nobody else would do it, so I had to do it. He said, you've left your friend. Now watch how seriously he takes this. He said, repent. He said, remember from whence thou art fallen. Repent and do thy first words or else. Uh-oh. You know it's, you know it's fixing to get real when God says or else. Or else I will come quickly and remove thy candlestick from thy place. That represented the power of God, the presence of God. See, the candlestick in the, in, the, in the temple, that represented the spirit and the presence and the power of God. There was no natural light allowed there. It could only be the light from the candlestick. And he said, you're going to be working on your natural ability and your natural talent, and you won't have my power and my touch in your presence if you don't get your act right. 
In other words, we're going to lose the power of God in our life, the Spirit of God in our life. Listen, the moving of God in our life. I mean, the Holy Spirit's not going to be taken away, but His manifestation and His power, it will be. If our heart's not right. God doesn't just care what we do. He cares why we do it. Are y'all with me? Listen, we need to understand that. God looks at the... I mean, we see that all the way back in the Old Testament. When Samuel went to anoint the next king of Israel, he picked the firstborn because he was a big, bad dude. Surely this is the one. He said, oh, you got a problem. Your problem, Samuel, is you're looking on the... But God looketh on the... Man would have picked the tall, dark, and handsome one. God picked the runt. You know why? God could see his. David was a man after God's own. Y'all see this? Watch this. We need to understand that. We need to understand that clearly. Number two, we need to examine it. What? Closely. How do we do that? We go to God. Search me. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let me, let me say this. Lord, have mercy. I'm running out of time, but this is so important. When you want to determine whether you're a hypocrite or not. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. I want to see your faces, your, your eyes. Everybody look at me. When you want to determine whether you're a hypocrite or not, don't ask your neighbor. <laughs> or the mirror. Because you're going to get the response of most husbands when the wife says, does this make me look? Whoa. Hello? What do you think they're going to say? If I look in the mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall, am I a hypocrite? No, you're doing good. No, no. We don't need to ask our neighbor. Watch what the psalmist said. Watch, watch who the psalmist asked. Psalm 139, search me who? Oh, God. God, you look at me. You examine me. Search me, oh, God, and know my what? Heart. Try me. Test me. And know my? Because see, most of the time, you got to understand your heart's meaning your thoughts, your process, your mind, the way you think. All right? Watch. Know my thoughts. And see if there be any what? In me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. God said, do y'all realize? I know this is going to be hard to believe, but do you know if if you ask God to do this, he will? That's why most of us won't. Because we don't want to know. Brother Doug, last night I was about in tears because of some of the things God was showing me that I did not like about myself. Because see, if we're going to preach this, we've got to practice it, unfortunately. And man, he started showing me things that I didn't think. And, and, and my first response, I know it's not y'all because y'all are a lot more spiritual than me, but my first response is I got defensive with God. Really? I know y'all would never do that. I said, but, 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 but God. He said, don't but me. You asked. 
Search me. I'm telling you, we're living in a day, ladies and gentlemen, that we all need to go to God and say, God, search me. Have you ever noticed that when we defend ourselves, when we make an argument, we make ourselves look better than what we really are? But God doesn't do that. He just lays it out there. And by the way, too, by the way, too, I don't want to scare you off from doing this because I really need you to do this because we, we, we've got to be right with God and we don't need to be hypocrites today in this hour we live in. But this is what happened. God only not only revealed to me some things I didn't like about myself, he told me what to do about it. And Brother Doug, I like that less than what he told me about myself. I didn't want to take the action that he's. But you know what? When I agreed to it, God ain't going to make me do anything. When I say agreed, that's a bad word. When I submitted to it, yeah. Brother Scott, when I submitted to it, it's okay, God. I, I'm telling y'all this. I'm telling y'all this. I was in my office late last night. Tammy texted me and said, said uh, uh, are you coming home anytime soon? Because we hungry. I said, go ahead and do whatever y'all going to do because I'm really struggling. And I was. Really struggling. And now that I look back at it, it wasn't that I wasn't understanding what I was needing to do. The problem is I was understanding it too much. And when I finally submitted, God, you're right. You're right in this situation. This is what I need to do. This is the action I need to take. I got in my truck and I was fixing to head home. And a song come on the a song come on the radio. I had tears dripping off my face, and man, I felt the presence of God. And God, and the song was about Him being faithful, Him being so so good. And I'm telling you, I felt God like I hadn't felt in a long time. And I want to encourage you this. I want to encourage you when you get your heart right with God. Listen, you will feel Him like you ain't never felt Him. And this is important. I'm telling you, if there's ever been a day that we needed to know that we were close to God and right with God and have the power of God, it's now. And a hypocrite ain't going to have none of them. So go to God and say, God, search me. Search me, but know that he will. How do we examine? Three things real quickly. Oh, yeah, I got 13 seconds. This will work. (laughs) Three... (laughs) Three things. What do we examine? Examine your speaking. What words are coming out of your mouth? Watch what he says. Talking about a hypocrite. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the... All right, you remember what we're talking about? The heart. Hypocrisy is a heart issue. What comes out of the heart? Or what, what, it says out of the abundance of the heart, the what? In other words, what he, I've heard somebody say this. Well, don't judge me by what I say. I have to. I'm, I, I have a little potty mouth, but I'm a good person. Well, what you, whatever comes out of your mouth is coming from your heart. I mean, you can sing, oh, how I love Jesus all you want to. 
But if you're mean as a devil and talk like the devil to everybody else, that's what's in your heart. Y'all with me? How's your speech? How's your words? What's coming out your mouth? Is it edifying? Is it, does it have grace on it? Are y'all with me? You can examine your heart by examining your speaking. You can examine your heart by examining your spending. Your spending. Matthew 6, 21. Let's read it. Let's read it. For where your, there will your, isn't that amazing? There is a sciatic nerve that runs from your heart to your hip. That's what that says. Well, I have a heart for God. Let me see a checkbook. I love God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind. You ain't, you ain't tithe, gave, or generous in two years. Don't come at me with that. And this isn't even a given message, but I'm just telling you, you wanted to know. I can tell where your heart is. Break your checkbook out. What are you spending your money on? Is it hobbies? Is it stuff? Is it material possessions? Where your treasure is. What does that mean? What's very important to you. You're going to put your money where it is important. Your heart is going to go. Your money is going to go to wherever your heart is. Investigate that. Don't say you have a heart for God and hadn't given nothing to him. Amen. Yep. Amen. Preacher. That's good stuff right there. Some of y'all are saying you're an overtime preacher. You're in overtime. How do we examine our heart? By examining our speaking, by examining our spending. See, by examining our service. Watch what it says. Ephesians 6, 5. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. With fear and trembling in singleness of your what? Heart. As unto Christ. In other words, when you, when you work for your employer, when you work for your employer, are you working from your heart? Watch how he, he, he describes it even further. Not with eye service. In other words, you just work when they're around to see it. Uh-oh. Not with eye service as men pleasers. And you say, why does it say that? Because God sees when they ain't around. Anyway. Don't work like you're serving man. He says, but as the servants of Christ. Man, y'all getting quiet. Come on now. But as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. You know how you can examine your heart to see if you're a hypocrite? See what you're doing. How do you work? How do you serve? How do you spend? How do you speak? All these are a reflection of the heart. Now, lastly, write this down. I don't know, it might be already down. <clears throat> what was number one? Tell me number one again. I can't hear you. Understand clearly. Number two, examine closely. Number three, Look what it says. Look what it says in this verse. Proverbs 4.23. Keep thy 
Come on. Keep thy. The word keep means to guard. Be careful. Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. What does that mean? It means this world and the devil is after your heart. It's after your heart. There are things, the culture, the culture today is after your heart. The culture can't have it if God gets it. Are y'all with me? Guard your heart. Guard what's important to you. Be careful about what's there. You say, how do I guard it? Ask God to examine it frequently. Frequently. This is not something, it's a one and done thing. This is something you have to do over and over again because you live life. You live in a corrupt and cruel world and society and you can get dirty. Say amen. So you have to ask God over and over, examine my heart. Examine my heart, God. Am I coming and going through the motions? Is my worship just mechanical? Is my heart really on God and given to God when I'm sitting here? Or am I sitting thinking about everything else in the world going on? I don't want to be a hypocrite. God, search me. And not only search me, but please give me the strength to do what you tell me to do. To fix it. And all God's people say it.